That was sexy. It was. was (laughs) That was so sexy. You can only get that sexy on hump day. Featuring us. Some camel ball. And some camel balls. Sponsored by. Welcome to Wednesday, everybody. It's your favorite day of the week. Probably not, but it is here. Might it as well is. enjoy it. Selena was nice enough to go back to France uh, in, in between <laughs> Monday and uh, today's episode and FedEx us. Um, what, it, what would it have to be? International overnight or priority? Yeah, something probably like, like $1,000. Yeah, oh, yeah. It cost her priority. quite a bit of money. Absolutely. But it is very right. important. She She's not able to take a vacation now for quite some time. Um, <laughs> but uh, she did send us all those camel balls. And uh, I have to say, they were pretty delicious. Let me try one right now. Yeah. I still have one sitting right here on the left part of my desk. Hold on. Uh-oh. Mm. Out in the open. Creamy. You know, you're supposed to refrigerate those after opening. Oh, that might be why it's so runny. All right. Well, my consensus is that they're delicious, and we should continue to eat them. Game of Owns is brought to you by Camel Balls. It's not. But if we ever were to be brought to you by Camel Balls, I would encourage you all to purchase them. (laughs) I can dream of the day. So we had to make a podcast together that you guys listen to now for 100 and this is the the 128th episode, I believe, that we're doing. Yes. It is. And uh, we are on a journey through the second book in the Song and Ice and Fire series by a Mr. George R. R. Martin who writes things in his free time. Mm-hmm. When he's not busy. You know, <laughs> when he's not busy. His real job. <laughs> yeah. So today we're talking about Tyrion because this was another Tyrion chapter. It was. But Tyrion. not as many as Arya. Right, Eric? No. I mean, I know right. that's a uh, point of contention for you. It is. So do, do do Tyrion's chapters in your eyes do they count half as much as the others? Oh um, no, <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't say that because whereas George insists on taking us to the middle of nowhere where Arya is and showing us all these children I don't care about, Tyrion at least is in the heart of government, and so it's actually quite important what's going on. You've got you know the other major players like Baelish, Varys, you know Cersei. And Tyrion all show up in Tyrion's chapter, uh, whereas with Arya, it's just like, okay, Gendry. Yeah, yeah, we like Gendry, cool. hey. We yeah. do like Gendry. We do like Gendry. But you know what I'm saying. I, I think Tyrion's chapters are more So about... you feel like the people uh, in Arya's chapter aren't as important to the game? Yeah, Thrones. look, and like, I'm not trying to, like, crap all over, uh, you know, certain characters. There is, of course, Jack and Hagar. Hot Pie could still get the throne. He could. Maybe if, maybe if he made it out of bread and baked it in an oven. <laughs> <laughs> and there we go. Disclaimer, we, we did talk about the timeline and theory of the lore of the Zelda franchise for about 20 minutes before we yes. started recording today. So we're a little crapped out on academics, but that <laughs> doesn't mean that we still can't bring you the show. This chapter began... In a, uh, like you were just saying, Eric, we had just a mix of all these major characters that were talking about the future of this. And finally, in the book, and I've been waiting for this moment, Cersei has to talk about the letter that's going around talking about her and her kids and her brother. Why did you do dying to talk about that? Well, it's just because it was, you know, in the show, we didn't really explore that Stannis was calling them out to everyone. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, but here right. in the book, it's like, you can't really ignore that. We're going to have to face the facts here. And I was interested to see how she spun it or how she reacted to it. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, Tyrion is her brother. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like, now I get to tell you, brother, or at least speak about the fact that my kids are from our other brother. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. You know, I, I think Tyrion should have gone up to her and been like, hey, what's uh, you and I, uh, what do you say uh, we get together? That's right fucked up. That's Aww, so fucked up. No. no, 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 he should have because it's just a way to troll. It's just a way to troll because Tyrion, Tyrion likes that. He likes he likes making Cersei it's feel weird. even. You know, it's weird with Tyrion and, and the Cersei and Jamie thing because Tyrion knows about it and he's obviously, I don't think. He just has to kind of deal with it, especially like put it apart from his feelings for like either sibling, because he clearly really doesn't get on with Cersei, but he really, really likes Jamie and really looks right. up to Jamie and stuff. So it's just, it's really interesting how he sort of processes that in his mind, you know? But back to what we were saying, I mean, even in the show, I wasn't sure that all of Stannis' letters really arrived, you know, because he had that one throwaway line, I think it was in season two, like, I'm going to make sure that everybody knows. So he sends the letters, but... You know, in the books, we get so much more detail. How many letters were there? There were 117 <laughs> letters yeah. sent all over. And of course, now we're on the receiving end and we know that these two lords, is it, uh, Meister Franken and Rosby, they get the, uh, the letters and they take them to the small council. So, um, it's just, it was a logical conclusion, except it was omitted from the show. So it's great, you know, kind of a basis for this chapter. Yeah, and and they're trying to find a means. Uh, well, I should say it like this: you know, Tyrion is trying to find a means of reaction, in the sense of how do we move forward and sort of target Stannis. Whereas Cersei is, how do we quiet this all down? How do we cover it up? And it's a very interesting dialogue between all the members of the small council about how best to proceed. And I think it really gives more insight for Tyrion into these other characters like Pycelle and Baelish about you know, what their yeah. motives are and, and who they ally themselves with. and Especially Baelish. Yeah, absolutely. There's that one line where uh, Tyrion says he's going to really have to be mindful of, of Baelish moving forward. And that yeah. really stuck with me because, you know, we've obviously seen this side of Baelish since very, very early on. I mean, in the first book, because we got to see him through both Catelyn and Ned's eyes. And they both knew this about him already, but for Tyrion, obviously, this isn't necessarily a person that he's had to deal with very much in the past, so he's only beginning to discover him now. This is basically a meeting of the Lannister marketing team deciding how to <laughs> flip true. a bad story. And it's just it's so funny because I've been a part of things like this in real life and there are there are many different schools of thought on how to handle a scandal such as this. And you gotta know that this has happened to several, several entities, from brands to political organizations. I mean the list goes on. But what, I I children? Not incestual children, but the fact of <laughs> having to turn a really yes, bad story. Please, don't you watch the us. news? Don't you, don't you see what's going on? Uh, no, these stories are, are – it actually just now made me think of what's happening here uh, in New York with uh, with Anthony Weiner and, and the fact that uh, he initially tried to cover up the fact that he uh, texted pictures of, of himself to a lot of different women and, and so – you know, he's trying to get back now running for mayor of New York and, and paint this clean image. And it's only found out that after the fact that he admitted all of this, he went back to doing the same thing over and oh, over no. again. Right. So, uh, you all know, right. it's, it's kind of a similar thing. You know, as Zach mentioned, you know, how do you approach the cleanup of this? How do you try and, and react in a, in a meaningful way to what's happened? And I feel like Tyrion is, is, the more practical, whereas Cersei, because it directly impacts her, is trying to really find ways to cover it up. You know, talking about cutting out people's tongues who speak that Joffrey is not really uh, her and Robert's child. And 
Picel, of course, chimes in that he agrees with that because she's he is clearly her lapdog. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tyrion's saying no. You know, if, if you try and squash the story, it's only going to make people think more and more that there's some truth to it. Gosh, yeah. so can you true. just imagine if these people had like social media the way we do? <laughs> it's so interesting that like their quickest way of communication is you know are these owls? Because if somebody just written Ravens. a blog post and posted it and it went viral. And there's this viral video of like a geneticist explaining how Joffrey could be. It would be a little bit – I don't want to say more intense. It would be well, just different. Eric, speaking of Twitter, can you can you just – you made me think of what you posted on uh, Friday. <laughs> oh, and, God. And it was awesome. Us- so can you just bring that up for a second? I, I love Please. how Mike has been going around crediting me, going around the webs. He posted a, a Facebook thing and it was my photo and he said, thanks to Eric's go. I just did a screen grab, guys, seriously, but uh, – I, I really appreciate the love that you've shown me. Um, it was a screen grab of uh, so it was modest. a screen grab of Celise Van Houten, um, or not Celise, Carice Carice Van Houten. Sorry, I was thinking of this chapter where they're talking about Lady Celise. Um, Carice Van Houten tweeted, "Follow Friday," which is a, obviously a very popular thing to do on Fridays. Follow Friday, the Lord of Light, and uh, Liam Cunningham, who plays Davos Seaworth. Tweeted back, my arse. <laughs> my arse. <laughs> oh my gosh. And those two are really added- funny. They they have like a few interactions that are hilarious. Like they were they were in a movie together and they were like, Oh, finally, you know, these two Game of Thrones characters are working it out. Melisandre and Davos are, are finally <laughs> working, working out, out their differences. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just fun to see these these actors who play these characters that hate each other getting along on social media. And I'm sure that this little council meeting would be <laughs> like did they just look over to Balish and he's on his phone going sorry what you know <laughs> just checking my ravens checking my checking my the donald trump of westeros basically just someone tweeting bullshit all the time no yeah. that's some stuff i want to see we need some yeah. of those fake twitter accounts people so if yes. you run those fake twitter accounts tweet toward us and eric will make a screenshot and then micah will credit eric everywhere that's so right that's please right. do it for us today uh, so, so Tyrion says, let's fight fire with fire. Let's, let's try, let, let's create some shit about Stannis, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, how can you even do that? Because Stannis is like this, you know, kind of like, he's just, he is awkward, which is like the source of, you know, what they end up coming up with. But I think there are not a lot of people... Like he doesn't really he, you can't accuse him of like going out and doing wild parties cuz that just wouldn't be Stannis, right? Siring, you know, a bunch of other kids through women. No, he's not that affectionate. That wouldn't work. They really had to work to find out what they could say about him and almost what they said about him is that, you know, it, it doesn't really involve him at all, mm-hmm. which is a smart move. Well, yeah. w- one thing they did mention which could potentially be of use is that he's turned his back on the old gods. Right. And for some people, I would think that that would be um, important if he's to be king. Mm -hmm. Well, we make it sound like it's an election, too, because it's weird. Like, the way that they're working on PR, where at the end of the day, if Stannis has the bigger army, or in this case, the bigger navy, he could very much win, despite what people think. Yeah, but in this case, it's also about, I mean, all the Lannisters, they have all of the support from all these different houses and all the people because they believe that Joffrey is a trueborn heir, but obviously... I'm guessing that a lot of these uh, alliances can shift really easily. So then they wouldn't have a stronger army if all of the other houses realized that Joffrey was not Robert's son. They right. could be trapped, essentially. I mean, yeah. which which is kind of, in a way, what really does happen in 
uh, with with Blackwater. I mean, they're they're trapped inside of King's Landing, and and basically all of these other troops are are surrounding them. I agree with Tyrion on this matter, though. There are two schools of thought throughout this entire meeting that they're having, and essentially Cersei is saying we have to stop this. All of these, all of these bad rumors need to stop. So we're going to come out with action. And Tyrion basically says we need to completely ignore this because if we give this any attention, it's going to give it credit and it's going to say that it demands enough of our brain power to consume some of our time, and that is a terrible idea. So let's not do that, which I completely agree with. But this moving the attention towards Stannis and to say that Patchface was actually quite possibly the father of the young Miss Baratheon, oh, you know, they're, they're really mixing things up a little bit and Tyrion's getting creative. But I mean, I, I'm curious as to how fast rumors are practically being spread throughout the kingdom. You know, does it take yeah. ravens to every company or does it take, you know, the right town crier to go around shouting in King's Landing and then it'll just organically grow from there. Whores. That's the uh that's the suggestion of Baelish, right? Oh yeah. It's the suggestion so, to right? everything in this in this series. It's true. I just I don't see that as working though and, and so I agree with Zach. No, no, not not the horse part. What I'm saying is <laughs> I, I just don't see it having much credibility uh, you know, talking about Patchface being Shireen's yeah, actual father. It just it just seems like you're fighting back with mm-hmm. with with the same kind of tactics, even though that's not what Tyrion initially wants to do. It's he's saying let let's not sort of squash all this. Let's let's find another way of dealing with it. But but to really take the same kind of approach with something that's actually not true. I mean, even Tyrion in the beginning of the chapter notes that well. You're you're upset, Cersei, because this is actually true. You know, <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. That's why you have such a problem with it. I, I just don't. I feel like you're fighting it with the same kind of rumor based, uh, you know, idea, right? You're you're saying, oh well, Joffrey is 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 a product of incest. Well, Shireen is actually half patch face. You know, like, I know. It's it's weird. It is that high school thing, you know, yeah, exactly. that kind of, 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 well, let's start an even bigger rumor about this person. But it's it's true. I mean, if if they get the idea of Joffrey being, you know, Jamie's son into people's heads, like, are they going to just forget about that and be like, oh, but Stan is patch face, lol. Like, I don't know. It seems very middle school. But you've seen logic. the media. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the problem for know. me, like, Shireen does not deserve this. She deserves much better. Yeah, being Your compared name. to gargoyles. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's rough. But I think it's an you extreme know, world. One of the reasons why it works is because Patchface has the um, tattoos on his face. His face is similarly deformed, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a shame because how many of these people who are going to hear this rumor have actually seen Shireen? You know, Stannis doesn't necessarily like go out parading the streets. People won't really get it. I well, don't think. Yeah, and I think the one thing that they kind of leave out that lends so much credibility to what Stannis is saying is the fact that both John Aaron and Ned Stark have now died as right. a result of sort of finding out the truth. And this is why, you know, they're no longer walking the earth is because they found out the truth. Whereas if you just throw out a rumor about who Stannis's a daughter's real father is, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of like, like you said, Celine, it's, it's high school ish. But it seems to work. It's the course of action that they all decide on. And so the world that they live in somehow has given them enough confidence to go out and do this. Mm-hmm. It's just weird seeing them, you know, obviously a little bit older than high school age, 
deciding to do this um, as a real tactic, as a way to combat this letter. Yep. Um, but that's what happens. And then Tyrion decides to make a stop with some people. He's got a nice meeting set up with some blacksmiths. I know. Yes, Micah, <laughs> tell us about, about tell us about Silurian. Tell us about what? Silurian? Silurian. You know Silurian, the, the guy who complains about... Well, uh, he's annoyed because he's like, I understand that these chains here are something that you want us to make and you don't really want to tell us what they're for, but he's like, dude... I can make you the sweetest armor, the best armor. It's totally in my body of work. Would you like to see this portfolio I brought with me? And Tyrion's like, fuck your portfolio and fuck your work. Make me these change, peon. Or wear them. Right, or wear them. They did say, enter the hand of the king when I walked in, and I sat in this big chair, so give me a second. It's just like an artisan taking pride in his craft. He at least had to try to ask, but all Tyrion's interested in is these chains. No one likes a stuffy, like, self-absorbed, you know, Solorian. Yes. Exactly. Uh, I can make you this armor. It is my specialty, young lord. <laughs> we'll pick a different voice for you, moving on. Grand <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Solorian, I give you the best quality armor. Ladies and gentlemen, Kermit the Frog. <laughs> no, Kermit the Frog here. Kermit. Mm. So uh, now that Tyrion is done with his meetings for the day, he, uh, he, he gets into... Uh, what are, what are those things called? That it's it's like a carriage, right? But not really. The uh, rickshaw. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> but before he does that, he, he really he takes a look around and he notes that he's done all he could to feed this hungry city, and oh. I thought it just showed that he cares. Like, he legitimately cares, whether it's for his own protection or for some deeper reasoning. He actually gives a crap about these people. That's um, true. And I think that that's what makes not not to say that Ned didn't, but I think Ned just wanted to go back to Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this is the quality most of all that Varys sees in him, and that's why they've grown to have and will continue to grow to have such a strong relationship. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. It's true, and I didn't really know what was happening. I didn't know where he was headed because it was you know this this whole story. This entire chapter was centered around, obviously, his point of view. But when he's traveling through the city and making notes of all of these things that he's tried to do, diplomacy in certain measures, um, moving a lot of their resources away from creating artillery for the oncoming paranoia that is war, but for farming and for being able to feed these people that actually live in the city. He he makes his way to this brothel, and we know that he's very serious about Shay, so he's obviously not going there to get laid, right? Well, right. we well, don't re- – when you think about it, like obviously, yeah, we do know, but I still think that this was really, really craftily written. It's always hard to, to confuse a reader about a character's intentions when you're inside a character's head. And I think right. that that was so brilliant to this because I didn't know what the hell was going on. Even rereading it, I forgot. I was like, what? Hold on a second. <laughs> I don't remember him doing this. Um, right. But I think that's, and that's, a, and when you really start to think about it, Shay is a whore. I mean, that's what she is. So the fact that he sort of not only has her boarded up in a place, but he's willing to go to all this trouble to visit her and he doesn't just stop off at Yaya's or whatever and save himself yep. the trouble. <laughs> Like, it's yeah. really, it's really, you know, interesting. <laughs> That's a good to, point. You know, yeah. Well, I think he was tempted because this oh, brothel in particular was housing some finer product than he's used to. Yes. Good way of mm. putting it. Well, I, I, I didn't know what to expect until Tyrion was in the wardrobe 
<laughs> this is, you I know what? Like, this is like a Narnia sequel. It's he's going into the he's going into the the room. He's chatting with Elia's mother, and then he gets with her, and they're talking about the things that she's going to do for him. But there's a subtext where mm-hmm. she knows that he's not that she's just leading him to the ladder. And I'm just like, oh, okay, this is weird. He's well, I didn't know. The- I was like, is he going into the closet like so she can hide somewhere in the room and then he finds her and it's a weird sex thing? <laughs> like, what's, what's going on? I thought, I don't know. Tyrion was excited, though, quite literally. Read the chapter. It's it's uh, it's, it's a good. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> we skipped over it. We're just like, you know what? Tyrion's a good man. We're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And just mm-hmm. instead of talking about the rumor, just just acting like it doesn't exist. Yep. So when he gets into the wardrobe, it turns out to be some secret staircase to a mythical land, AKA underground. I was yes. expecting just like <laughs> a, a drawer of toys or something. I, Jesus. <laughs> and at the bottom of the ladder is the sexiest, uh, of <laughs> you can possibly the, think of. Yeah. Like, mm. he probably could turn himself into a sexy whore. You know, when you think about this it. whole scene, we feel like something's going to happen at least kind of sexy. And then he goes down the, the staircase and there's Varus <laughs> dressed like a man in leather and yep. has weapons. Doesn't Varys look is like very him. Rugged. Yeah. Very, very rugged. Very outdoorsy looking Varus. Varus. Indiana Jones Varys. <laughs> this is like and- a dress up Varys, like dolls, collectible dolls. <laughs> well, it is. This so is the second Varys. time. The second time we know that we've seen him yeah. in a disguise. Who knows where he's been and has been slightly described somewhere else in the series. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I Tyrion said it looked nothing like him. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a lot that. like what happened in the Ned chapter. Yeah. He even smells different. How cool is that? He changed his perfume he and his smells. incense. I know. He's got a scent guy, man. <laughs> yeah, man. You don't have a scent guy? He always smells like, uh, <laughs> what is it, uh, lavender, I think it said, or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, it's a good color. Well, Do you guys not feel like this is one of those story hints, kind of like the direwolf situation, where there's obviously something magical around it, but I'm not going to tell you anything about it yet. Yeah. Which with with Varys' abilities. Yeah. I mean, he's really yeah, good absolutely. at disguises. And birds yeah. fly in small, dark tunnels. Yes, yeah. I like I like that quote, and I and I also think that there's there's something very symbolic about this particular scene, but but I also think that um, this really shows a strengthening between Tyrion and Varys's relationship, and you know you get towards the end of the chapter and and they realize that you know they there's this like on again off again thing about it, right? Like they they either really feel like they can trust each other or really feel like they can't this trust each other. This entire series is really a big will they, won't they? The <laughs> oh, God. All right, so kill, do, or marry, go. <laughs> uh, but, but we got to count on the number of bastards, right? We did. Yes. Eight bastards. Is that the definitive count, do we think? From like, Varys, anyway. Right. Well, we know he, he of know. four so far. So far? So four? Four so, so far. far. Some were killed, weren't they? Barak, Gendry, Maya Stone, and Edric Storm are the four bastards. Mm -hmm. And the other four, um, some of them were taken care of. So they're down in the tunnel because obviously Varys is helping, is helping, is helping Tyrion reach his destination, which is visiting Shay's house that he's gotten her. And I mean, it is kind of cute and scholarly that he's going to such crazy measures to go see her, you know? That's romantic, I think. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. the last place I expected to find a horse <laughs> just waiting to go. <laughs> you know, he's, he's he's in this trap wall or behind a wardrobe going down a ladder in this tunnel. There's Varys. 
who, by the way, like totally played hooky on the meeting, <laughs> the King's Council. Well, he had to get dressed. <laughs> wasn't there. Yeah, he needed time to do his hair or whatever. I know. Um, it's an elaborate disguise. He exists to put Tyrion on this horse. It's really strange. Well, they finished the conversation basically in a shroud of mystery because Tyrion wants to know exactly how Stannis knows the truth about Cersei's children. And Varys is just not being very clear about it. And that's when Micah was talking about they reached this point where Tyrius, Tyria, Tyrius, where Tyrion basically says to Varys, oh, my God, Tyrius or Varian. Tyrius. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> or Varian. He basically tells him, hey, sometimes you're my best friend. I'm beginning to think that Aww. you're the best friend I have here in this city. And Varys is like, me too, man. And also, he also feels like he's his worst enemy. And Varys is like, me too, man. I love So let's get to romance. this house. Yeah, yeah it is a kind of a meeting of, of equal mind. I feel like Varys and, and Tyrion, they are of equal mind. And they sort of have a similar sense of... I mean, they have a similar way of thinking. They just go about what they do very, very differently, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And, and I think... To the point that you raised, Zach, when Varys says, why would I betray a secret I kept so long uh, as it related to the the truth about Joffrey? And, you know, Tyrion just keeps trying to dig like he wants an answer. He, he, he wants to know the truth. And he's like, oh, so are you saying it was Littlefinger? And Varys is like, no, not me. I didn't say that. You know, I feel like he's throwing him under the bus a little bit. Well, not to derail the conversation away from these two guys, I do want to give my own, and it is directly related to their scene, but it has nothing to do with the either of them. And it's going to go to the badass tunnel that was built for an <laughs> ex-hand of the king to reach the brothel in safety. Uh-huh. My own has to go to Patchface, who owned, because he, he was uh, he is a daddy. He's a daddy. So, Mari comes in, Westeros version. You are the father. I know, I know. And fucking Stannis gets up and just beheads the bastard with his sword, and he's like, what now? I'm the chosen one, and walks away. And then it turns into Jerry Springer, and Steve's trying to restrain everybody. And Steve. No, they are all on the show baggage, and like they're opening up their, their bags, and Tyrion's just like, I married a whore once. That's his first bag, and it gets progressively worse. Oh, watch that I'm show, totally people. It's hilarious. Right now. <laughs> it's a show that's all on American Game Show Network. Television. It comes on after Steve Harvey's Family Feud. Both are amazing, and they're not oh sponsoring the show. My friends don't have actual TV, so... so. Go Patchface. Yeah, go Patchface. All right, well, <laughs> I'm going to break <laughs> Eric's rule now and... Uh, do it. Give my own to... Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give my own to Tyrion. Don't do it. Um, don't do it. I actually... Oh, I have two quotes, but I'll take this the more the, the more profound one, just to, you mm. know, move away from Patchface for a second. Um, when he says, when you tear out a man's tongue, you're not proving him a liar. You're only telling the world that you fear what he might say. I thought that was a, like a line straight out of, of George R. R. Martin. You know, it's kind of... I feel like I have this theory about George that he has this this page where he just, or this book, I should say, where he just writes down all these cool things that he wants his characters to say. And then every once in a while, he just throws one of those like little gems about the world in there. And that's one of them. Not a bad way to write. Works. Uh, and my own goes to, to Braun, uh in Ooh. this chapter. Uh, uh, he says, the Smiths are in your audience chamber waiting your pleasure. <laughs> and Tyrion says, waiting my pleasure. I like the ring of that, Bronn. You almost sound a proper courtier. Next, you'll be kneeling. And Bronn just says, fuck you, dwarf. <laughs> she got real. That was great. So Owens exists, and we have a Friday episode upcoming. Well, we're going to be speaking about a person that is in this book, and he 
would be pleasured to have the existence of your own. So isn't that right, folks? As much as he would the existence of working legs, Zach. He would. He would. Well, Micah, you're not the only one in this situation. We did get an email from a Mr. Dylan Manwoody who says, My own goes to Braun for the line, fuck you, dwarf. Short, simple, and to the point. Yeah. I, I just, I love the fact that he can still refer to him in that way, and Tyrion doesn't take offense at all. Not at all, dude. Yeah. yeah. Bronn is just like one of those pleasantly gritty people that Tyrion surrounds himself by. <laughs> That's why he's like uh, Warg's, Warf, son of Dorf, or what was it? <laughs> Rolf, son of Dolph. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Are we talking Tyrion about the just, Hobbit now? <laughs> Tyrion just surrounds himself with these gritty characters. It's a really interesting character trait for Tyrion. We also got a uh, an own uh, based off of our Monday's episode from Miss Lane. She fears that she's too late, but she's not. You can send in your owns at any time. You are never too late uh, to, to give us an own. She says, my own goes to Arya for taking an axe to a man's genitals. Mm-hmm. Brutal, well done, yet Arya. awesome. Mm-hmm. And there's another email here from a Miss Kristen Berg. She says, hi, guys. I love listening to your podcast. And mail.google.com just signed me out of this account. What Aww. is wrong with those people? Hi, guys. I love listening to your podcast, and I'm so glad I finally caught up so I can submit an own. I'm assuming you all have already recorded the John and Arya chapter, so I'll skip over them and go right to Tyrion 3. While Tyrion is, as always, eminently quotable, fuck you, dwarf, that's Shay's <laughs> tasks, I'm going to have to give my own to a certain hand of the king who had a freaking tunnel dug under the city so he could visit whores not being spoiled by the paparazzi. Uh, that was was my own. I just got excited. We're, all, anyway. we're starting to think like our <laughs> listeners, man. It's, yeah. it's pretty scary. Or Does they're starting some... to think like us, I think is more like it. I think I think I would agree with that. And then she goes on to say, does this remind anyone else of the myth that JFK built secret passages under the White House so he could smuggle in Marilyn Monroe? She signs the humble servant, lightly seared on the reality grill, Kristen. Can you just see Marilyn Monroe crawling on like her hands and knees during this little, like tiny little tunnel to get to no. see JFK? No, I can't either. <laughs> uh, and one final uh, tweet that we got here today is from Jason Reiner. Uh, who said, finished reading Dance with Dragons and discovered Game of Owns. You guys are going to have to get me through until Winds of Winter comes out. Hashtag, yeah, come on. We can do it. Yeah, come on. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for. That is what we're here for. Jason, since you're new to the show, let me tell you something by way of asking Eric to tell you something. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> well, Kirsty Hamill says, celebrating my birthday by listening to Game of Owns while I work today. <laughs> well, happy birthday, Kirsty. To our friend Jason. Uh, please uh, don't forget to listen to us during your birthday. Um, but uh, yes, we will give you a shout out as well if you just let us know that it is, in fact, your birthday. Uh, we would like to hold you over, just as we hold others over and hold ourselves over in this off season, which we have rechristened the on season for all of our mm -hmm. book discussion. Please That's gonna be find confusing. us on you. You've already yep. found us on Twitter, um, <laughs> twitter.com slash game of owns, of course, because you tweeted at us. But if you wanted to email us, we do have an email address that is open and accepting to all emails from all walks of life. The address is contact at game of dot com. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. And if you're if you're oh. one of those people, whoa, there's more. But wait, there's more. If you're one of those people who happens to have a Facebook account. We're also on Facebook. We have a wall. You can write on our wall. 
That's facebook.com slash Game of Bones. Game of Bones. Uh, Bones. And if you want to leave us a little bit of feedback on the place where you most likely downloaded this episode, which would be iTunes, you can do so by just heading on over to the rate and review section. It is the month of August. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable this month. Just like SR Padumain, which is a, you know, a common name uh, amongst iTunes reviewers titled (laughs) to Mr. Goatsbane. Nothing in all caps, less is acceptable. Five stars. That's it. That is a very insightful review. Um, Also a, uh, a quick review from night shift listener uh, with the title a fix for my game of Thrones Jones in Mm -hmm. (laughs) just the right blend of serious thought and silly banter. So, Thanks to uh, to those people for sending in a review and thank a, you! a rating of five stars. That was a very, yeah. very strong thank you. So I am thankful. So I will shout, sir. That's that's what you get for rating us five stars. There's no more threats. It's just this show of very, support. very powerful thank yous. From, <laughs> yes, this show of support from all of our listeners has saved my marriage. Hey, listen, Aww. literally the next person, the next person who puts a badass five star review on iTunes, put your Twitter handle or something in there and give us uh, a place where, and I will draw you a handmade picture and we will mail it to you as thanks. So please do that. Thank you. Wow. Yes. Now we have, we've gone from threats to incentives. It will now have, I will literally write thank you and draw stuff. So do that and it'll be funny. It'll probably be Zelda related <laughs> based on <laughs> the frequent uh, conversations of Zelda that we have before and after recording. It's only the middle of the week, guys, and listen to us. We're oh, still getting dear. ready for the Friday episode, which is nothing special other than the fact that we are reading the next chapter in the series. It's yes. special because I'm here. I wondered how you got in. <laughs> Through the door. Yeah, those doors, That's they're tricky. They have knobs, they have to turn counterclockwise. Good. Well, Sam found the secret tunnel to our recording lair. Anything to say to the listeners while you're here, Sam? Yeah, it's good to be back. Aww. And goodbye. Yes. See you Friday. You know, in the, in the words of Tyrion, the song is sung, the wine is spilled, the wench is pregnant. Let's get out of here. <laughs> See you bye, everybody. See you bye. See you later, everybody. See you bye. Eric Skull. Eric Skull. <laughs> Peace okay. out. Eric Skull. Eric Skull. Eric Skull.